0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their All right. Good
0: morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Remember when this was just signing day time? We don't even have one signing day, one signing period time. This is getting too confusing for some of us time. I think I'm getting old time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly December night here near uh near downtown Knoxville old north Knoxville just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium where some of the young men who signed to play football for the University of Tennessee today uh will be playing their college football pretty soon some of them uh, arriving in just a couple of weeks to get started so plenty to discuss on this episode it's not just me joined uh, from an undisclosed location we've got Patrick Brown who uh I did y'all can't see this because we're not video yet but uh I've painted the, the back of the studio here red in honor of Liverpool for its win over Tottenham today, which was fantastic. We'll talk about that here just briefly in a second. Also got Ryan Callahan from his home daycare center. Fellas, I got to ask you, what is going on with Tennessee football recruiting? What, uh, what do we think about this class? Fifteen guys uh, in the house so far. How are we doing tonight? And uh, what do we think about the Vols class?
1: Yeah, Doing well. Uh, Always doing great, you know, just totally full of energy at the end of early signing day, which is basically national signing day, what we traditionally uh, had in February. Uh, This is this is the big one. This is always the one that kind of takes the most out of you. Um, So, yeah, definitely not running on fumes or anything, but otherwise doing well. Um, Weird year, obviously, for a lot of reasons um, for for everybody in college football, but especially for Tennessee. But all things considered, considering the probably lack of excitement that I would say Tennessee fans had going into early signing day, I I think this was about as good of a day as Tennessee could have hoped for. I mean, they... Not
0: perfect. They Desha- Deshaun Rucker's not signed yet, Ryan. Don't sit there and tell me it's everything's gone great. Team, oh, Rucker, yeah. Team not, Rucker's not represented in the house yet.
1: Not saying it's perfect because as of this moment, as of this recording, Dylan Brooks, one of the highest ranked players in Tennessee's class, has yet to sign. And that's not a... That's not the end of the world, but yes, it is a is a concern until until he actually locks in his, his signature. Obviously, so that's that's something that didn't go perfectly for Tennessee so far. Um, I think there's still some optimism he will sign at some point during the early signing period, but that's definitely not a given. Um, so that that didn't go perfectly for Tennessee, but everything else that they wanted to happen just about happened on on early signing day, and they they weren't really thought to be the favorites for a lot of targets out there so uh even landing byron young the junior college edge rusher at kind of at the end of the day and evening uh that, that surprised a lot of people frankly because i think Ole miss thought they were in good shape sneaky, even that, all-
0: that was a sneaky good sneaky good snag there by the balls late in the day i thought
1: really nice um old miss and auburn in particular thought they were in good shape there florida state was the other contender but auburn was the team that looked like the favorite for a while you would have thought because he had he, he was planning to buy some time for himself and maybe announce on his mom's birthday next week, December 23rd, decide not to do that and just go ahead and sign with Tennessee. But it would have made sense for him to wait and see what Auburn did with their search. But Tennessee convinced him to go ahead and sign and uh, and, and was able to steal a, a good player that a lot of a lot of good programs have been after. So that that alone and holding on to pretty much what they had uh, made this a pretty good day for Tennessee overall. And they still have a chance to add. Later on, maybe as I'm sure we'll discuss later, five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis back to this class. So all things considered, with with a three and six season, I mean, what, I don't think you can ask much more of that. When everyone's thought Tennessee's class was imploding a week or two ago, it's obviously not been, and they've they've kind of held things together pretty well. Pat,
2: how you doing tonight, buddy? had not heard from you yet. I'm I'm good, Wes, and, and you know I, I think this class is maybe not just just from a macro view um i don't think it's as good necessarily as the as the previous two that tennessee has signed with this coaching staff but I don't, I don't think it's i mean it's not a butch jones 2017 or 2016 class i don't think um i mean if you're just looking at the you know if you're, if you're a numbers guy let's look at the average rating right now it's in it's an 89 41 if you get terrence lewis that's probably going to go up and if you uh you know some of these guys that haven't signed yet done it up in the class it's going to probably even go up even more so um, and, and you know last year they were at an 89,91. So uh, j- just from a numbers standpoint, I, I don't know. I think some of the negatives about this class and some of the oh, it's falling apart and all that stuff uh, was maybe a little bit overblown. Um, and, and you know, in, in these times with the way this season has gone for Tennessee, the negative is always going to get sort of um, it, it exacerbated. but uh, considering that Tennessee is three and six right now, um the fact that they maybe didn't have more attrition was uh i think probably could qualify as a a surprise now they're you know that obviously could change if if they don't get terrence lewis if dylan brooks um you know ends up going elsewhere or doesn't sign uh this week um so you know there's still some things that obviously could change and um ryan made a good point this is this is pretty much the national signing day now this day um i I think we should all call it december signing day because that just sounds cooler um, but it's important to remember that this is just the start, right? I mean, Tennessee's only signed, what, 15 guys? Their class yep. isn't complete yet. So um, they still are, are maybe waiting on some other signees, some guys that have been committed that haven't signed yet. Um, you know, they may leave themselves some space at the end of this class if they want to uh, add another high school player or two um, between now and, and February, because that's the other half of this signing day, obviously. Uh, the transfer portal I think is going to be a a big part of recruiting from now on too. So um, I I think Tennessee and Ryan, you've mentioned this a lot. uh, Some of the decisions they've made with some of these players that haven't ended up in the class, it's about flexibility. And you want to leave yourself some, uh, some flexibility. And I think Tennessee has done that with some of the decisions they made, but uh, I think they've got some decent players in this class. Now, like I said, I I don't think it's as good necessarily as either the last two, um, but all things considered, I I think it could be a better class than maybe a lot of people have uh, have assumed.
0: Yeah, here's – I've got a few thoughts on this, and one of them is – this is – I was teasing about this at the beginning of the show, but I think it's important to note this. You know, for those of us who have been around this for a while, I mean, certainly some of us – I mean, some people have been, you know, college football fans for decades and decades. You know, it used to be like signing day. We could sit there and tell you, these are the guys who signed with Tennessee. Now, we don't know – uh, when they get there, uh, are they going to live up to the hype? Uh, you know, are, are a couple of the guys, what kind of off seasons are they going to have? There were a lot of things that we didn't know, um, but we still knew some stuff. Now it, it's like we can't even tell you that that we don't know enough about these guys yet because we don't know all of these guys yet. It's a completely different world. I mean, Tennessee's class, is most of it in the, in the house right now? Yeah, but I mean – you know, maybe potentially what a third of it or more, or, or somewhere around there, could, could still be up in the air. We don't, we don't really know, and, and so I think that's that's the first thing is that everybody wants us to sit here and grade this class, and, and you can't really do that yet because, well, obviously they've never practiced, let alone played in the game. But also, we don't know who they are, so that that's the first thing that's really important to note. The second thing is so much of this, just like anything else in life, it, it, it's it depends on which lens you view something through. It, you know, that that to me is, is what it can depend on. Because if you're looking at this situation and saying, hey, guys, uh, Tennessee's class, it was right number two earlier in the cycle. Now Tennessee's gone three and six. You know, it had been two and six until last week. Now it's fallen, you know, it's barely in the top 15 now. A couple of those guys haven't even signed yet. The thing's falling apart. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is how many football programs out there in the country could have the past 12 or 13 years that Tennessee has had be three and six right now and still have a top 15 signing class. There aren't that many of those. So if you're one of those people who thinks the sky's falling, Tennessee will never again be good. You know, this has just been a pile of suck and it will be for in perpetuity. This should be more This should be another example of why that's not the case. I mean, Tennessee can go out there and get guys. You know, you just got to develop them and coach them up and do the right things. But I think, guys, my my point is this. There's a lot we don't know, but also this thing might not be that bad. This class might not be that bad. And I'm not just saying that because if I thought it sucked, I would tell you I think it sucks. I don't think that's the case. I really don't.
1: No, I I, I don't either. Uh, I I think what Patrick said is probably the best way to put it. It's not – it's not quite at the same level as as the last two classes Tennessee signed, and that's probably to be expected this year, frankly. Uh, I think it's it's probably a letdown to a lot of fans who remember this class being ranked number two in the country back in May, but as we said at the time, not gonna a lot of that there. was it, Yeah, was not going to stay there. It never was going to, and a lot of that was because of the numbers. Tennessee just had more commitments than any other team in the country at that time, and so that's obviously going to give you a much better chance of being ranked that, that, high. that was a class that we thought projected as maybe maybe a top 10 class. And if they had held it all together, continued to upgrade at some spots, it could have been a top 10 class uh, if things had continued on that path. But I think that's where the season came into play. Um, normally, you would you would take a class like that. You'd have a normal year of evaluations. You would have decided on some guys you know, in that class, maybe by seeing them at your camps or seeing them play early in the season, that, hey, we're not at maybe as high on them as we once were and you would part ways with some, you would win some battles this fall, and you would gradually improve your class. Tennessee's season made that more difficult, obviously. They didn't, they didn't land guys like Tyree on Ingram Dawkins, the guy they led for earlier this year. They didn't land Nyland Green down the stretch. So not winning those battles limited the upside for this class, but still top to bottom, it's pretty good. And it's obviously in the top 15 right now. I think it has a chance to stay roughly in that range. You know, As we've, if we've talked about, I think you're going to see a couple, three, maybe fall off at some point. Uh, among the current guys who are still listed as commitments that are, that are not signed yet. And then you could see Tennessee still add a couple more by signing day in February. And obviously Terrence Lewis still being the big fish out there for now that, that could really change things uh, that, that could offset any any losses they might have along the way. So that's it. they've got a chance to stay about there. And, and again, this is a class that might not even get to 25. I would say probably won't get to 25 because it's about flexibility and leaving yourselves yeah room for some yeah, transfers. we're
0: definitely going to talk about that later because I think that's something that we really need to discuss in the second segment is that you know that that's a big reason why this thing's going to be smaller is because that might be a need for Tennessee right now.
1: Well, well and let's and let's keep this in perspective too because a class, especially this year, you don't have to have a great 27 man class of high school players to develop for the long haul or what you know whatever it is you're thinking you don't have to load up this year for a couple of reasons. And Jeremy Pruitt sort of outlined this in his early signing day press conference too. One, you've got a bunch of seniors potentially coming back. Maybe not all of them, maybe not even two thirds of them, but you're going to have a a good number of seniors coming back for a second senior year. That's going to put your numbers at a pretty healthy place next year, no matter what. Um, So if, even if you end up short of 25 this year, it's not the end of the world, you'll be okay. Uh, To me, Giving yourself flexibility in the future, you know, if you come up short this year, that means you could back count a guy or two next year and and sign more in their in your next class. So you can always make up for a a smaller signing class. Two, this this is all really about next year. I mean, you don't want to say you're sacrificing the long term for the short term, but let's face it, this team's got some.
0: You kind of are.
1: Yeah, maybe. You, you, I mean,
0: you you kind of are <laughs> Now to now degree, now, now if if you go win more than next year then you know, you're you're not because your profile's right back up there and you're fine.
1: But but you're also making up for some deficiencies in this roster by making some short-term fixes potentially. So you're you've got a team that's pretty solid across the board where if you really make a, a few upgrades in the transfer market, you've greatly improved your team and that's going to greatly improve your program in the long run. So this this is really about kind of patching up this roster for next year and to me that's that's why you don't necessarily look look at this class the same way I think for those two reasons as you would in a normal year you just need to fix this up for next year you've built you've added some nice high school players already now just get the best players you can get um to to finish out this class and if you don't load up on numbers uh you don't reach 25 that's not the end of the world yeah, yeah, I, ahead, I think I
2: think it has I think has to be considered too, just the circumstances of this year. I mean, this has been uh, you know this has not this has been the furthest thing from a normal year in a lot of respects, but really from a recruiting aspect. I mean, there's been no in person recruiting since what March? I mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Caden Salter was like the last guy that Tennessee had on his campus, right? Yes. yes. Um, and he was there like the day they were like, All right, no more. So
1: uh, you know, good time. Tennessee had there. two Tennessee had a few visitors that day, but two of them were Caden Salter and Hudson Wolf. So those those are those were well-timed visits until Hudson Wolf ended up decommitting, but uh, worked out pretty well but, otherwise.
2: But you know, th- we we've seen through you know two full cycles with the staff how much uh, they trust their own evaluations and how much they put uh, an emphasis on seeing guys, um, whether it's, you know, during the spring evaluation periods, watching them practice or run track or play basketball, or whether it's getting them on campus in camps Um, and and they didn't have that. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that nobody else did because, you know, that it was the same deal for everybody, but um, I think the staff did a nice job of pivoting to get some of the guys they did get. I mean, they, they beat out some, uh, you know, some of their sec rivals for uh, a handful of players that um, some are ranked higher than others in in the rankings. Some have more stars than others, but uh, I think they did a good job of uh, of pivoting. And uh, as Pruitt said, Uh, Earlier Wednesday, you know, a lot of lot of Zoom calls, like we're doing now, a lot of Facetimes, a lot of phone calls, just to sort of build relationships, Um, and that's how you had to do it. Uh, I I I couldn't imagine having to be a recruit and picking your school based on and and never having been to that campus. And there's probably multiple guys in this class that have not that have never been to Tennessee that are going to play for the ball. So um, this is it's just sort of a weird year. And obviously, Tennessee was really hot back in the spring. I think everybody that. Uh, had any common sense knew that you know Tennessee wasn't going to end up with the number two class at the end of the day um and, and honestly Tennessee probably takes a hit from you know not, not not being able to get players to campus to you know show mm-hmm. the facilities that they have and to show the game day atmosphere that they have and um you know I I think Tennessee missed that and so uh we you know a lot of. You've heard coaches uh, talking about Tennessee in the past say that if you could just get them to campus, you got a shot. Right? Well, yeah, some of these it, guys they it, couldn't it, get to it, campus and, at and all, and some of them they couldn't get to campus this year. So,
0: and if all they're seeing is what they see on TV and, and what they hear, you know, through media, that, that's not going to be a lot of good right now.
2: Yeah, and yep. so I mean, f- to, to keep the, the class together, and like and like we've said, there's some guys that I don't want to say they're waffling, but there's some guys that it, you know, in an ideal situation, Tennessee would already have their uh, letters of intent signed and sealed and delivered at this point uh, at the end of the first day of the early signing period. But I mean, you know, for everything that's going on on the field and um, I, I just look at some other classes in the SEC. I mean, you look at the, the classes of the teams that fired their coaches. I mean, South Carolina has got what nine players in it in his class right now. They're like ranked in the hundreds.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Auburn has like what 10 guys in his class right now. I mean, whoever, whoever Auburn hires and with, uh, with South Carolina, at, at, you know, with Shane Beamer, that how do you build a team how do you rebuild a roster with like half of a recruiting class right I mean it's just you know it kind of blows my mind that those situations have have turned out the way they are and that kind of furthers the notion that this was the absolute worst year you you know to make a change but um you know but I I think Tennessee staff did a good job of, of keeping this class together because obviously with some of the uncertainty that Wes is uh that just touched on and some of the you know the way the season has gone and Um, some of the the doubt that maybe that is cast that a lot of these guys stayed loyal, loyal throughout the, uh, um, over the past few months. And, and I think you have to credit Tennessee staff for building those relationships
1: to the point where uh, they were strong enough to keep guys in the fold. And one other thought on that uh, Jeremy Pruitt had, had a good point about that, uh, that, you know, we don't think of it this way because they're missing out on in-person contact, but he said in his press conference that he feels like he knows, a lot of the players in this class and their families about as well as he's ever known recruits that he's dealt with because of how much they've talked this year. Now, one reason for that is the NCAA lifted restrictions on phone calls this year to offset the, the inability to host visitors. So that, that opened things up a little bit more for those conversations to be a little less limited. And you can always find ways to get guys on the phone, but it's been easier this year. But on top of that, they've, they've been through a pandemic together. You know, they've everybody's had this shared story to kind of go through real adversity and I think it I think that bond that everyone kind of developed especially between say March and June when nothing was really happening football-wise, I think maybe I think players give coaches the benefit of the doubt whenever they can a lot of times when there's a tough season like this, but I think maybe that going through that together probably gave them a a different kind of bond that made them more likely to stick with Tennessee through a season like this and I think that that was a factor probably
0: I think we also need to to remember a couple other things here before we go to break and and again I want to make sure that I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to say that uh, that everything is great right now because I think we all know that's not the case I mean Tennessee you know there are questions swirling around about Pruitt and and the season's not gone the way anybody wanted it to or expected it to and and, and that's 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 not a good thing no one's going to if anyone tries to tell you otherwise they're they're full of it but you look at some of the other programs behind them in recruiting rankings i mean Wisconsin's behind them Texas is behind them you know i mean Penn State's behind them there, there's there's some pretty solid programs that are also still if you develop these guys you'll be okay. I mean, there are a couple of classes, and Ryan, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong here. It's almost like Alabama and Ohio State are almost kind of on their own planet this season in some ways. Uh, You just look at it, and I know Georgia, LSU, Clemson, all had good classes. Oregon's done a terrific job for a program out west. They're doing awesome things in recruiting. Oklahoma's had a good year. Uh, But it just looks to me like there's a couple people almost kind of playing their own sport right now, and then you got everybody else. And I don't think this Tennessee class is is that bad. Now it's just that it was ranked number two earlier in the cycle. And for as much positive energy as that gave Tennessee at the time you kind of knew it wasn't going to finish in the top three or four you just you know it's just kind of will this be a top 10 class you know and and maybe it still will be doubtful but you know who knows I, I just I think we got to be careful here of, of of falling for this trap of saying everything was you know so great uh, a couple months ago and it's just so terrible now I don't I, I don't think that's the case at all I, I think that class was solid then it's maybe looking a little less solid now, but it could be okay. I mean, am I overgeneralizing there, Ryan? Am I oversimplifying it?
1: No, I, I don't think so. Uh, now, now I would say this, I, I don't know. I think every Jeremy Pruitt class toward the bottom has some, has some players that give it some upside because he does have a tendency to make some good evaluations sometimes on some mm-hmm. lower rated players. I look at Amari McNeil, one of the final additions to this class, a little more than a week ago as maybe a possible example of that. I, I, I really like his film and think, you know, whether he plays defense or offense, he's, he's just a big bodied guy, six four, two eighty, Who's going to help you somewhere. I think that's a nice pickup in that situation. So um, there the guys like that still give this class some upside, but to me, this, maybe the depth of this class is not going to be not, maybe not going to offer quite as high of a ceiling in some cases as his last two classes have, where I think they've had some pretty good players, uh, in the middle and in the bottom two thirds of, of his classes, yeah, and we still don't the, know.
0: We, we still don't know about the last class in some ways because we, we, their yeah. development's going to need a little more time for obvious reasons,
1: right? Well, and, and again, we're talking about two thirds of a class or less right now, anyway, because we've only got 15 players to judge it from. But just based on what we think they're going to have at the end of the early signing period, which could be, you know, maybe 19 or 20 guys. Um, that, that's kind of what I'm going by right now. And and I I would say though this class is going to be defined by what they get out of the five or six core players that are that are essentially going to be the faces of this class when it's all said and done. Assuming they hold on to Dylan Brooks, you know Caden Salter obviously. Um, what what do you get out of? Uh, I think the tight end position is important in this class. Do, do Miles Campbell and, and and Trinity Bell and anybody else address they, that position? They badly
0: need help there. They can't they, they can't they they can't afford to go a couple classes striking out there.
1: Yep. Uh, If they get Terrence Lewis back, obviously that he and Aaron Willis are going to be important. Does that solidify the depth and make inside linebacker more of a strength for this team in the long run? And then on top of that, I think, does Tyon Evans make the immediate impact and turn into a potential star running back like I think he could be? Um, So to me, those guys will and maybe one or two others will define this class uh, much more so than the others will. But that you can still add some other nice players in this class. But to me, it's it's been that simple. We've seen, I think, Tennessee's 2019 class. You know, still the jury's out on it. But Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, Quavars Crouch, those were the reasons people liked that class. Obviously, Henry Toe-toe has lived up to the hype. The rest of the guys still have some work to do. But that's obviously not looking as promising now as people probably would have hoped two years ago. So to me, it's do you get that fix at quarterback in Salter and do those other guys give you the star power that this roster still is kind of missing?
2: Penn, well, I, did you have a final went, thought before we go to break? Yeah, I was just the things real quick, the sort of the couple things I like about this class or I really like Cade falter I, I think he uh, has a huge arm. His film really, really impressed me. Um, I, and I think he is going to be an interesting addition to that quarterback room. Who else, you know, who else is going to be in that room by the time they get to the spring? We'll see. But um, I think, I think he has the potential to be the real deal, um, for what they what they want at quarterback. Um, I do like the tight ends uh, in this class. I think Miles Campbell's just he he just looks like a really good football player, and Trinity Bell is sort of a uh, a size athleticism. You know, from from that standpoint, I think he's really intriguing. Um, the, the story that Pruitt told about him was was really interesting on Wednesday when he said that his dad was uh, the high school coach down there where uh, Bell is from at, at Albertville, and he was in the seventh grade. And apparently was already six, four, which is insanity to me, but, Yikes. um, and, go, go, and, and go Pruitt's, Pruitt's dad, Pruitt's dad told him that this kid's either going to play in the NBA or the, or the NFL, but I want you to you know put him on your radar already. So, um, that I, I think he's a good pickup and I do like the running backs in this class. I, I don't know that Cody Brown and, and Jalen Wright are necessarily going to be stars or guys that get, you know, can go win you a game with 18 to 20 carries, but, uh, they could be, you know, nice complimentary pieces to have in, in a backfield. And, and obviously I think Tyon Evans has a chance to be really, really good. So um, yeah, I, I like those things. Uh, and I like some of the, you know, I like William Parker. I think he's a, an intriguing addition. Um, I, I wonder about the secondary a little bit, you know, do they get some more corners? Do they find a corner late? Do they go that route in the, in the uh with the portal? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my question, and this may not be a big deal for next season if they get some of those seniors back on the defensive line, but, they just need more difference makers up there. They need more difference makers on the defensive line and more difference makers as edge rushers. Um, and clearly they need, you know, some help there off the edge. That's why you go out and get a, a junior college guy like Byron Young. But um, th- those are those are limitations I see with the current roster that I don't know that, that this class necessarily addresses, not necessarily the cornerback situation. I just think they need some more numbers there uh, with guys who they are, you know, potentially could lose in the next year or two. Um, and plus some of the recruiting – you know, some of those guys that they've recruited in the secondary are, you know, more star types or more safety types. Um, but they, they need more difference makers at a couple of positions up front um, that, that you know, t- can take you from a solid, good defense to great or even elite. But you need some of those guys that uh, can just win one on ones all game, and have to be double teamed and free up their teammates or guys that, you know, can't be blocked off the edge. They, they need more of those types if they're sort of going to take the next step. Uh, as a defense and as a team. But uh, I think there are parts of this this class alike. But, uh, again, they still, you know, we'll see how they address some of those, uh, maybe some of those other areas down uh, with, the re- with the remaining spots in this class. And uh, whether that be high school kids, whether that be a junior college guy, uh, whether that be in the portal. But I think uh, Mario McNeil, as you mentioned, I think he's a good example of how this cycle is different because you're going to have guys that played really well on their senior tape that, were not going to be on the radar at all because they didn't go to camps or didn't get evaluated or, you know, in the spring or any of that. So uh, there could be a few of those guys out there that, that maybe Tennessee lands and uh, could turn out to be pretty good players, but only time will tell.
0: Yeah, I, think and, and
1: a good, well, I was going to say a good example of why I think you do want flexibility going going into February because there might be more players like that than usual this year. And to your point, I would agree. Defensive line is the one position that now you look back and I would say three straight years – not winning quite enough battles at that position. Obviously this year was even more challenging because you didn't have a defensive line coach the past two months to help with that position. And some guys probably would like to know who their position coach would be, but, uh, but they've, they've, they've got to do a little bit better. They, they, they might be okay this year because of some of those seniors coming back, but that and the secondary, I would agree, uh, and, and still a chance to address both of them. But um, Trinity Bell could even be part of the solution on the defensive line if that happens though. You know, does Julian Nixon end up, end up at tight end? You know, they, they've got some movable parts in this class that make it hard to grade each position as usual because Pruitt loves having those versatile guys. But um, they, they've got some potential solutions in this class, but generally, yeah, not enough star power in the secondary. And on the defensive line, I would agree.
0: Yeah, there's a couple things that, that are questions and a couple things that I think are actually not questions, because I think they're actually really good things for this Tennessee class. Um, but we, we got to a stopping point there. We gotta step away, we're overdue for a break. Gonna step away, pay some bills, come back, and we're gonna I'm gonna pick up on something that, that Pat just said at the end of that segment. No offense, Ryan, but something that Pat said really, really kind of got my attention. So uh we're gonna we're gonna step away, pay some bills, and be right back and talk about that here on the GoValls 24-7 podcast. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on
2: linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker studio here on a Wednesday night. Ryan Callahan. Coming to you from his home daycare center. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location. Talking Tennessee football, specifically Tennessee football recruiting here on the start of the early signing period. The ball's getting 15 uh signees and counting as of the times that, that we're recording this, which is right now about 9.15, 9.20 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday night. So uh, I guess in theory some things could change tonight, but uh, more likely there'll be the next couple days where we'll see some things happening, and, and we'll discuss that here in the second segment. Also going to discuss some some more pros and cons of this class, some strengths, some concerns, all sorts of other things. Before we do that, though, I'm just going to quickly remind you again, if you all could please go in there, just take a minute out of your day. Just take a minute out of your day and hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Govols 24-7 podcast. Uh, and we do this for free, and we are really happy to do it. Really, we are. It's uh, We're happy to do it. But if you could go in there and just, just, just just, take a minute out of your time and rate and review. That would help us a lot. That would uh, help us grow this thing, which has been growing already at an exponential rate. And if we keep doing that, it'll grow even more and we can make this thing even bigger and bigger and better and better, which is what we want to do. Also, Always a good time to go subscribe to govalls 247com Got all kinds of good stuff, all kinds of good deals over the holidays. There's so much going on. This recruiting period, early signing period is not over yet. There's going to be more moving parts over the next couple of days. Obviously, there's there's a top ten basketball team to talk about right now. Uh, Tennessee also in on some really, really, really big time basketball prospects for the next couple of years. Uh, including a, a senior point guard right now who's already signed, who's just absolutely phenomenal to watch. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch him yet online, you should you should go do that. Uh, he's a really really exciting prospect. Uh, lots of stuff to discuss, and we're going to get to all of that and more. Um, but if you would like this uh, podcast basically even more expanded and in written form, you can go get that all the time at Go Balls Twenty Four Seven. Dot com pat you said something at the end of that first segment that really kind of got my attention and it was you were talking about the the quarterback situation and you know if you get a good quarterback you know it, it's that's just a, an absolutely crucial thing that you have to do in every class and how many times the past few years have we said this this is what i was just thinking about how many times the past couple years have we said you know what if this tennessee football team just was better at quarterback man th- some other pieces are there. This would be a pretty decent football team if they could just get better play at quarterback. Well, if nothing else, if this recruiting class ends up being the one that gets Tennessee some answers at quarterback, then I think it's a pretty good recruiting class because it's answering a question that Tennessee has needed answering for a long, long time. And I also wanted to bring in Ryan on this because he watches a lot more film than I do of these guys and and has a lot more context and and insight and analysis into this. Um, But... I think watching this kid on film, this Caden Salter kid that signed with Tennessee today, I think I've had as much enjoyment watching him on film as I have any Tennessee quarterback commitment or signee in a while. I just the the, the arm talent, the athleticism, the instincts, the awareness, the pocket presence, uh, the way he extends plays, the way that he sees the field, his uh, just it seems like he makes the game it moves slow in his head. It seems like he's never rushed. He's never hurried, and he, he comes up with a lot of different ways to make plays, and he does that in a state where that means something. And, and so, what I'm saying here is, let's not let's not assume this kid's going to be great. We don't know. He's got to go prove that. But
2: if, you just you just talked him up like he's the next, no, I, no, mean, I just I, the I, next big thing.
0: I I enjoyed watching him on You're already film. hyping him
2: up. He's not even on campus. I have
0: enjoyed watching his highlights and things more than I have of of Tennessee. Commitments and quarterback signees of, of the past. I just, I really, really liked watching this guy, and I think there's a lot of upside there. And what I'm saying here is, if he's a guy who pr- becomes an answer for Tennessee at quarterback, then you know maybe this class looks even better because there's a lot of questions they needed to answer, and it's not just a one man deal. D line, secondary, receiver, tight end, all kinds of stuff. But if the quarterback's good, well, looks better, doesn't it?
2: Well, you you can make the case that what every recruiting class is sort of uh defined by its quarterback right because it's most important position on the field uh and and we've seen and you know Tennessee hasn't had a had his quarterback situation figured out since Josh Dobbs left I mean this isn't a it's not like the quarterback situation just started with the staff I mean um even you know the final year of Butch Jones the quarterback situation was uh mishandled from I don't want to say the jump but just about the jump um in, in that situation so uh it, it's probably a little bit more um emphasis on okay you you've got this big quarterback prospect is he the is he the guy um it's probably a little bit more of that sense from uh from the outside because of, of what's going on here so um like i said i i also i, I think Caden Salter's film is really good but um you know it, it's it's even in even at a high level in texas playing in the sec is a different animal oh though. absolutely so, but if he gets um, a full off season, if he you know he's he's coming here in a few weeks, if he gets full off season, the full spring, which Harrison Bailey didn't get, then it could be really interesting if they bring in a grad transfer that, um, or I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a grad transfer if they're bringing a transfer to hype you know adds more competition in there. than which I would do if I were them. Which you know it it, it could be even more interesting, but um you know this the, these two quarterbacks with. Um, you know, with Bailey and, and Salter and we'll see what happens with Stroud and Maurer. Um, you know, it, it that's going to be the big question all off season. Uh, now, unless they, unless something happens crazy this weekend, but um, you know, that that's a situation that, that obviously is going to have a lot of eyes on it. And um, is Tennessee just a quarterback away? I'm sure that's a whole different podcast discussion, but. No, a quarterback uh, on, away from on,
0: being much more competitive. On one
2: hand, no, because there's other issues that we've seen. Mm-hmm. The season. Uh, but on the other hand, yes, because that could, you know, if you get that position short up and you have a, you go from having sort of an uncertainty there, which Tennessee's had to uh, above average or even shoot, if they get one of these kids it turns out to be a star or they get a transfer who's, you know, the real deal, then that elevates everybody else. That's that you hear that a lot from Pruitt and that good quarterbacks elevate the play of those around them. And so if you have a quarterback that can do that, your offense is going to look better. Your your coaches are going to have more confidence in your offense. Your players around them are going to, um, you know, have have their ability to lifted too. So uh, that that's you know, I, I don't think I think he's probably the the guy, the main guy in this class, right, Ryan? I mean, he he's probably the headliner, the crown jewel, whatever you want to call it, the cornerstone. Um, and and you know, from what he told you, it sounded like he was never even wavering about uh, coming to Tennessee, which uh, I think that says a lot given what's happened this
1: fall. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you see that a lot with players uh, who all are confident on some level. I think most players believe deep down they're good enough to help a team that's not performing get back to where they need to be. And especially in his case, I think he looked at Tennessee and sees a team that's missing a quarterback. And so he says, hey, they're, they're not any the good right now because they need a quarterback. I can fix that. And so I, for, from his perspective – I don't think he was that discouraged necessarily by anything that happened this season because he sees a pretty fixable scenario where he could, he could really make a difference himself and and Tennessee could be right back on track to, to maybe compete more right away. Uh, That's the way players see it, but I, I have to strike the right balance with Caden Salter and talking about him because I don't want to raise expectations to an unreasonable level. I am high on him personally. And, and, liked him I, I i was surprised in january when tennessee offered him that he didn't have more offers then uh and i'm surprised frankly that there wasn't even stiffer competition for him by the time he committed to tennessee that's one of May. the few
0: things that makes me wonder that's one of the few that's, things that makes me scratch my head because it's like oh, what 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 do people know something we don't because
1: th- everything well, looks pretty good you, you learn this over the year watching quarterbacks. It's funny. There are very few quarterbacks that get 40, 45 offers. And it's because I think there are so many good ones these days and they're all a little bit different. And it's such an important position to get right, but also signability is one of the things, you know, they've got to be in the right part of the country sometimes for you to be able to get them. Even, you know, Texas is about as far as Tennessee can go. Sometimes they've gone to California in the past, but um, you know, obviously it's a, it's a hit and miss thing with, going all the way across the country. So you've got to be in the right, it's got to be the right situation with the quarterback. You've got to be able to get them on campus. There's so much that goes into it. So some schools just won't find a player because of that. And they also commit earlier than any other position. So sometimes schools may not find them and then they, they address their needs at the position and they just move on and, and never end up offering a guy. So it's kind of a weird position in that way that, that offers never quite pile up the way you would think they would even for elite players sometimes, but I, I do think that's it, it's at least worth noting that, yes, Auburn was Tennessee's main competition for Salter. And even at the time, Auburn might have wanted um, a, a, another target at the time a little bit more than Salter. He was kind of one B if you if you listen to, to the people who cover Auburn at the time on, on their board. So that doesn't mean he's not good. I think he's really good. Um, but that's just it's context. But I do think he has a real chance of being Tennessee's quarterback of the future. I I think he's, he's that talented, but he's also raw. And so I think, ideally, he would be stepping into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy as a true freshman because he's not quite ready. This is only his second year, really, as a starting quarterback at the high school level. And he's still growing. You can see that. So he, he just to I, me
0: to me he Ryan he just has instincts that are yeah. that you know he just the way he bounces around in the pocket the way he feel has a feel for the game he just kind of it's like he's almost got eyes in the back of his head sometimes when you watch him and he just he he senses things and does not panic and I think that's just you got to have a cool head there and I think he does
2: the biggest the the, the biggest I don't want to say red flag but uh, I'm just looking. At, at some at the national stat leader cfb stats if you're a college football stat junkie is the way to go by the way um and i've got got the national ranking sorted by passer rating there are in the top 50 we'll start at 56 because that's where Connor baselak is he's at missouri right uh mm-hmm. he's a redshirt freshman there are one two three four five six there are six quarterbacks who are freshmen um, in the top 56 and passer rating only one of them is a true freshman so all these other guys have been on campus for a year that's and, and even a guy like trevor lawrence right he didn't start his first game did he no but i guess
0: for context and, here and, and I'll, so that's
2: why you need to you always need to pump the brakes with the freshman quarterback for context like,
0: where's tennessee where, where are tennessee's guys in the in those rankings
2: uh i didn't look where tennessee's guys are um the only true freshman that's in the top uh, Tulane has a quarterback who's 49th. His his passer rating is one thirty seven. He's got eighteen touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. Uh, Garantano is at one twenty five. He's 79th. ninth, um, and he is seven spots behind Ken Seals, who you just saw on Saturday at Vanderbilt. So, uh, and he's a decent quarterback, but you know he he's also got twelve touchdowns and ten interceptions on the season. So he's
0: while playing uh, with not a lot around him, though.
2: Well, I mean that you know they got some decent player, they got some decent decent skill players there. Um, but obviously, you know, that's just to say that there's not a lot of. I mean, Spencer Rattler's up there. Coastal Carolina's quarterback is up there. They're both in the top twelve. But again, Rattler redshirted last year. Uh, Coastal's guy's a redshirt freshman. Connor Baszak somehow I got assumed to be he's a true freshman. He was he was at Missouri all last season. He started a game last season. He was a redshirt because he only played in. Three or four. So
0: yeah, I wonder why it, he wasn't just, there. I wonder why he wasn't their guy going into the year because things got a lot I mean, better for them when it, he got in
2: there. The point is, is that you always have to. You can get excited as, as much about Caden Salter as you want, Uh and there's a lot of reasons to get excited, as we've talked about. But you also have to sort of temper expectations because remember, he's a freshman, right? Yeah, and
0: and, I, and I'm not. I, I should I should be clear about this. I'm I'm not just talking about necessarily what the performance is on the field next season. I'm talking about the long term sort of viewpoint of this class you know if Tennessee gets if Tennessee got this right at quarterback for for the first time in a while then you know I think that will help now you look at a guy like Tyon Evans and that's a guy who you expect to come in immediately and make an impact and if he doesn't that's a disappointment am I wrong about that
1: not at all I think he's yeah he's got a chance to be one of the five or so best players in this class I think
0: And, and so you look at places where it's hard in football. Now, in basketball, if you see a specific need that a team has, you go get the right freshman, he fills that need immediately. Basketball is just a different sport. It, it can be hard to go do that in football. You can't just fill holes in, in, in recruiting for immediately in football. You have to kind of think down the road. Um, but there are some areas where Tennessee desperately needs difference makers, and I think they've got solid players there, and I think those players would look better if the quarterback play, at least on offense, were, were better. But – you know, you wonder how many of these guys will prove to be just absolutely big, big difference makers because those guys who can make those one or two plays a game that just absolutely change things and give Tennessee the kick in the pants that it's needed at times this season. But I mean, it's just important to know that. You know, maybe some of those guys are out there in this class and they just haven't committed or signed with Tennessee yet. I, I mean, I, I think that's that's what makes this – I don't want to say frustrating because it's not frustrating. It's, it's just different because we used to go into this thing saying, you know, hey – this is who the, this is who signed with Tennessee today. Now we'll see how good they are in a couple months, but we know what the class looks like. We don't know exactly what this class looks like, but I think Ryan, my point is that in a couple days we'll probably know more than we do now. What are some things to look for? If, if people listen to this on Wednesday night, you know, um, you know, there, there's still a couple more days. Obviously, this this signing window just opened. What could happen the next couple days that people need to be on the radar for?
1: Yeah, I, I think there are four guys in this class mainly to watch over the next uh, 48 hours uh, to see if they sign with Tennessee uh, as we as we think they might. Obviously, Dylan Brooks is at the top of that list. He he told me on Tuesday, um, and, and he it was just a, a simple response. I I asked him when he was going to sign, and he's. I said, "Are you signing this week or in February?" And he said, "February." Um, I asked him to elaborate, and he chose not to.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> did, didn't say anything else. I about it. I gave you so my answer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it was very matter of fact, and you know that's that's all that's all we heard. And I I've spoken with some people uh, close to Dylan, and he I think has been thinking about signing in February for a while. You know, I, I mentioned before that you know even in the fall. Earlier this fall, I spoke with him a couple different times and asked him, you know, do you know if you'll sign in December even though you're not going to be an early enrollee or, or will you wait to sign in February possibly for the – at this time, the dead period had not been extended beyond uh, January 1st, so there was maybe a chance to take visits. So that was a different context, but he had not ruled out anything at that point and, and just said he didn't know. So he never claimed to, to be signing early, and as he got closer to signing day, I think it became even more of a reality that he might want to wait Uh, There are multiple reasons he might want to wait. Obviously, a lot of people have kind of connected this to Auburn, um, knowing that that was sort of his runner-up and the other school that's always been the major threat to Tennessee. I would not assume this is related to Auburn. My guess is that if he is wanting to wait, that it probably, as much as anything, and this is just a guess, I don't know for sure, um, that it might just be an insurance policy for him to make sure nothing happens with Jeremy Pruitt, because I think he wants to play for Jeremy Pruitt. Um, He likes Tennessee a lot, but I I think you take away Jeremy Pruitt and certainly he's got a lot fewer reasons to want to play at Tennessee. There
0: does seem to be a pretty good connection there. And they, you know, same kind of small town, Alabama folk.
1: Yeah. So I, I think, I think it could be as simple as that. Just wanting to make sure he doesn't sign with a coach who's, who's about to get fired. You know, there's, there's been just enough of that stuff out there to cause some concern for kids who, who pay attention to that kind of stuff, you know, from the rock being painted on campus earlier this week to other things they might've heard from media and fans. So, that, that stuff's out there, and, and it, it might just be giving him uh, get, giving him some insurance on that. But, you know, it could be wanting also just to see who, who Auburn's going to hire or see what else happens. You never know. But I don't think he's that shaky. I don't think he's unlikely to sign with Tennessee, even if he doesn't sign during the early signing period. But, sure, if you're Tennessee, you'd like to go ahead and lock that one up this week and be done with it. So Dylan Brooks is the main guy to watch. And then beyond that came in Marley, who we, we really thought would sign – on wednesday uh as of this recording he is not uh the four-star athlete from north carolina but he's a he's a quiet guy nothing would surprise me with him uh I, I, he's very well consigned this week i just don't know exactly what the situation is there the surprise of this group and i know wes will be eager to discuss this is deshaun rucker hell um, yes. Defensive back the, the defensive back from tallahassee florida uh, he has not signed yet, also, and his recruitment, for the most part, has been fairly quiet this fall. Um, so, unless another team has snuck in late and made things interesting, or whether you know some something about Tennessee's situation has has spooked him a little bit, or whether he's just not not sure he wants to sign just yet, I, I don't. I don't have enough information there yet to know.
0: The Rucker name's what- a lot to live up to around here. We know that.
1: Yeah, it might be just the pressure, right? With me, but, uh, with me,
0: and with Jake, it's just it's tough.
1: So, so yeah, we're not really sure what this what the problem, if there is one, might be there. But he, uh, you know, speaking with his coach on on Wednesday, he sounded he sounded like he wanted to buy some time to to maybe think about when he when he wants to sign at least, uh, and, and we'll hopefully know more in the next day or two about that. But it, uh, I was told earlier Tennessee was still still battling there to try to get him to sign early, so that's. Um, definitely not a situation I don't think where Tennessee's looking to move on from him at all they they like him quite a bit but and why and why to, wouldn't they yeah uh, not because of the last name
2: moral, moral, <laughs> the, moral of the story here is that Rutgers are unreliable and can't be counted on <laughs>
1: what, I'm, just, uh, I'm just kidding Deshaun, Deshaun. We,
0: we'll, we'll come but, we'll, we'll come through for you in the long run don't worry
1: but he he's a fast guy that Tennessee envisions playing the star position. They obviously don't have a, a lot of defensive backs in this class that I definitely I, don't he, think they're moving on from him.
2: Ryan, am I wrong to say that losing Demarius McGee makes Rucker that all that more important? Even though they might not necessarily yeah. play the same position.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you you got a you got a star nickel guy in last year's class too, and the Slaughter. Slaughter. Um, so this would be the second straight class where you. You know, signed a, a star and maybe came up a little short at corner. And they corner. got Key Lawrence
2: uh, playing there too, although I don't know that that's yeah. necessarily his long
1: term spot. Yep. But so, so yeah, you could argue that, yeah, Tennessee certainly has a much more glaring need long term at corner. But yeah, and, and Rutgers athletic enough. I can't rule out that he could play corner too. Um, but I, I think nickel and safety are the two positions they envision him being most likely to play. So it, it is more important because of that, though. You, you need some good defensive backs in this class, and he's probably the most proven out of that group uh and then the fourth one that we think will sign this week and, and i'm not expecting any drama here this was not a surprise is isaac washington the defensive lineman from north carolina for whatever reason he his signing ceremony was scheduled for friday afternoon at three o'clock so we just see wa- that just, some- just
0: wants the spotlight i don't know man
1: yeah, I was, we've seen that sometimes in basketball, I know, like in the in the fall signing period or spring. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like there have been some guys who've waited a couple of days to, yep. to sign yep. uh, with Tennessee the last year or two. So it's it's a yeah. weird thing you see sometimes, but no, no, no concerns there. He's solid and uh, planning to sign on Friday.
2: Didn't Eric Gray sign on Thursday and Kovaris Kraut sign like Friday night? Two years ago.
1: I, yes, that is that is correct. And uh, and those were, now Gray had a had a final decision to announce. And, and so did Kraut. So those were maybe a little bit different. Uh, this is just a guy signing who's been committed for months and he's not looking to go anywhere else. So that's a little bit more unusual. But yeah, uh, you do see sometimes that guys just they want to have their signing ceremonies. And, and like Jalen Wright, you know, it's funny that Jeremy Pruitt sort of unveiled during his press conference that Wright had signed because Tennessee had not previously announced that one at the time. But. Uh, he had signed Wednesday morning, and they were just waiting for his signing ceremony Wednesday afternoon at 5 o'clock to be able to unveil that one. And so so sometimes you have that, where guys don't want it out there until they have their ceremony for whatever reason. So it, I, Isaac Washington, for whatever reason, wants to sign on Friday, but, yeah, there's, there's no concern there.
2: And then you have the Terrence Lewis situation where he's yeah. supposedly mm-hmm. signing and then announcing it later, which – I mean, who knows if that actually happens based on how his recruitment's gone and that's freaking to see fans you're, you're, all you're, you're there all having third flashbacks, about, yeah, right? You're
0: joking about Ruckers not being reliable. I and mean, you got Terrence <laughs> Lewis in the class who we have no idea. Let's well, get out happen of given day. Come on
1: now. I'm just saying. Well and 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 Terrence Lewis, just to be just so everybody knows, he's he's one of those players who, if you just ask anybody who's followed his recruitment, would tell you nothing's really off the table or nothing would totally surprise you with that one. Um, so he's the type of guy. Sounds like my kind of guy, Ryan. Yeah, you, you can't take anything for granted with him, and it's there. There could still be some drama. There could be, you know, I, I don't know about trolling. Is it? I don't know if that's the right word. We've seen some guys do that in the past. You know, Chris Chris Bogle, who's at Florida. You know, he liked to have fun with fans a couple years ago. Uh, drove Tennessee fans crazy a couple times. You know, you see that sometimes. I wouldn't put him in that category, but you are probably going to have some uh, some some things to question over the next couple weeks if he does. Wait Maybe until January shenanigans. Yeah, it's possible. Or, or you just won't be able to rule out anything uh, leading up to January 2nd. But his plan is to sign this week. He said at one point, December 19th, so that's Saturday. He can't sign Saturday, but he will, he will sign sometime by Friday. He may have already signed and we don't know it. He may wait and sign to uh, a Thursday or Friday, but he will sign this week. He says, because he's an early enrollee and he'll announce his decision on, on national TV on January 2nd during the tv special that's airing in place of the all-american bowl which is cancelled this year so uh that's his plan we won't know for sure for a couple weeks but as you again if you followed darnell washington's deal last year when tennessee was involved and didn't get him if you followed uh jaden hazelwood who ended up at oklahoma a couple years ago there have been these situations before we're seeing it more where guys sign early and don't announce until an all-star game usually by the time you get to that date we've got a pretty good idea of where guys are going It, it doesn't necessarily leak but you'll probably be able to put two and two together. So I, I think we'll know roughly where Tennessee stands sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, J- January 2nd, we won't have an answer until then uh, on Terrence Lewis.
0: Last thing, Ryan, before we uh, step out of here, anything in terms of, uh, you mentioned the four guys that we're, that, that we're going to be focusing on or, or looking at the, the closest the next couple of days. Is there anyone else out there? Are there any other kind of, you know, I mean, obviously anything could happen. But are there are there any other guys out there that,
1: that people who, need who's to who's the big fish, pay Ryan? Attention who is to? it? <laughs> you know, the for the early signing period, no, I don't, I don't think so. You know, there, there's a possi- there's an outside possibility, maybe that a guy who who previously had not thought about signing this week or thought he might not sign this week could be talked into signing something like that. Uh, but Byron Young was the one that looked like maybe the big fish. Who if he didn't wait till next week. Could go ahead and sign with uh, with somebody this week, and, and could be a possibility for Tennessee with 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 him being off the table now. Uh, unless someone you know moves up a time frame, I, I don't see anybody else signing right now. But but we'll we'll see. Uh, everyone, the, the big fish out there will probably be guys signing in February. Um, you know, Taiwan Malone, the the big time defensive lineman from New Jersey, still a possibility for Tennessee. Ole Miss has the momentum there, but Tennessee is is very much still alive in that one. Uh, there, there's some players like that who will still be out there leading up to national sign day in February. So probably no more surprises in store this week. Uh, unless again, one of those, you know, maybe a lower rated guy that Tennessee uh, is recruiting and decides, you know what, we will have room for you. You know, that's maybe the one scenario where you could see a, a, a somewhat surprise edition this week, but I would, I would not bet on that.
0: And you know what? If you're a guy who who you know maybe you could have signed in you know the early signing period, but you didn't. That's obviously a risk because you know you you never know what's going to happen, right? You know, one in the hand versus two in the bush. I mean, we we get that. But on the other hand, it's a risk that could pay off because maybe certain schools have a guy. Things don't work out. There's a coaching change at a place and spots open up. And, you know, it could work out for some guys. I mean, they could end up with better offers waiting a couple months. Or, you know, you never really know. But, I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: We, we see that all the time. And, it actually, it, it can be not so good for players sometimes. They almost can trade up too high because there aren't that many good players out there after early signing day sometimes. And players will end up signing with schools that are maybe – that they maybe otherwise wouldn't just because of limited um, limited supply and, and so much demand. And this year, that might not be a problem, though. I, I'll be really interested by the dynamic with transfers. How many teams will save spots for transfers? And will that make solid players more plentiful down the stretch because teams are not wanting to completely fill up their classes? That is a really interesting dynamic this year with that one-time transfer exception possibility looming for next year. That that will be really fascinating to watch leading up to, to sign day in February.
0: Still waiting on one of the days where one of these kids finally bucks the system and says, you know what, I'm just not signing anywhere. And then I'm going to wait until uh, the summer pops up and let's see what things are looking like. It's almost like the guy, the MLB player who waits until, you know, spring training or the season started, and then they go, Hey, you know, all of a sudden my price just went up because uh, you know, you you had two starting pitchers go down with Tommy Johns, waiting for a guy who does something like that.
2: Are you saying you want to see a guy pull a James Harden?
0: Uh, yes, including coming back fat, which is just absolutely fantastic. I, I learned something this week, guys. Uh, James Harden and I had the exact same quarantine diet. I, I learned that apparently. That's well, uh, the, the
2: the whole thing. Uh, get back to Terrence Lewis. The whole thing with like signing and then not announcing it. But you know, Zach Evans did that last year too, right? He signed with Georgia like under dark of night, and then. Right, Ryan. Yep.
1: That's exactly right. He, he, and he uh, didn't he ended one... up
2: wind up going to Georgia, and it was like during the whole spring. He his recruitment went into what
1: like March and stuff because he could just literally show up anywhere. Yeah. That ended up being total chaos. Yeah, I, I don't think Terrence Lewis is going down that road now. Now, now Zach Evans again. He was planned to be an early enrollee last year too. So I guess crazier things have happened. But yeah, Terrence Lewis plans to be on campus somewhere next month and and plans to announce this January second and be done. But yeah, Zach, Zach Evans. Let's hope that was kind of a. Uh, once, once in a decade kind of story because that was uh, everyone involved in covering that one was uh, was kind of ready for that to be over by the time March came around last year.
0: Very last thing before we step out of here, Pat. I teased us at the beginning, but uh, I did uh, use the the lights in here to uh, make things red behind me to uh, to commemorate Liverpool's win over Tottenham Hotspur today uh, in the the world of European football. And uh, I gotta tell you, Pat, that made me pretty happy.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad you could you could feel better about it. Um, but Liverpool when you've won the Champions League and the Premier League the past years, you don't get too excited just for being first after what is it, 14 games. It's
0: not about it's not about being first. It's about it's about beating Tottenham. Yeah, what
2: not what, even, not what, even is
0: it, what, what about how many times have you tweeted or texted to me cheatingham dive spur? How many times have you texted that exact phrase to well, me?
2: Well, I did text a friend of mine the, uh, the Liverpool fans have a song for the guy who scored the winning goal. Uh, And I texted that to one of my Tottenham friends today. Didn't get a response, but I know it left the mark. (laughs) Uh, Zach Evans, by the way, has 415 yards and four touchdown runs this season. So There
0: you go. And I'm I'm happy for you because I'm I'm not going to paint red for Arsenal right now because they can't even finish a game with 11 players now.
2: Uh, they're 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 yeah your players are literally getting ejected from games <laughs> like
0: with regularity i think like more than twice as many as any team in the league so uh if you like bad boys apparently now that's uh that's your team but to... I'm,
2: I'm just glad ryan didn't turn the end of this podcast into a discussion about how deep Beckwith is the next derrick henry
0: isn't that what you said ryan wasn't that your exact words if you don't respond in the next uh, 10 seconds
1: that- that is definitely not what I said. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got the no, that, long that, hair
0: that, too. I mean, I think Ryan, you've been on record saying this.
1: That that is one interesting thing about this running back
2: what class. Oh, he, if, oh my if, god! If, did if you, I did won't you... say it, I will. I was in Nashville. I saw him. He, I don't. That could have been Derrick Henry running off left tackle on the end of the Ryan. Did, you, did, you, I know.
0: Ryan did, did I get that? Ryan, did you say three Heisman's? Uh,
1: I close to that. Ryan, yeah, if you, Ryan if he
0: wins the next two Heisman's, he's already going to go pro.
1: Yep. No, uh, I, that is interesting. I, I've we've had people on the checkerboard on Go twenty four seven ask why is Tennessee signing three running backs in this class, and I told them I think that the initial the initial reason was they weren't really sure these guys would be running backs. So that's a really interesting dynamic. How will that play out? I, I'm still not certain Beckwith is a long term running back, but he's really interesting. I mean, it, you don't see him that tall very often, but he he's kind of natural I, there in some ways.
2: I would make him. I would I would make him an amoeba on offense. I'd play him everywhere. Yeah, tight end. Hey, we see Line pos- him up in the slot positionless
0: throw bas- fades to him in the end zone. If positionless basketball is a thing, positionless football can be a thing.
2: Well, Pruitt, Pruitt said on Monday he likes him as a running back, and after the way he looked toting in the rock against Vanderbilt, I mean, can, can you blame him? I mean, his high school I like, film was pretty good too.
1: See, I like Jabari Small, and I, and, and I like what we've seen to with. I'm not sure on T Hodge and Lenith Whitehead yet, and that's where I think they've got some. They've still got. They, they can improve yeah. their depth there, and that's where I think this class. Well, can I mean, help. and those I guys haven't had much things. of a
0: chance to show what they can do yet. So maybe I, maybe they, they
1: haven't.
2: No, they but there. A, a lot of our analysts thought Whitehead was better as a linebacker, and yeah, uh, and, and probably the same goes for Hodge too. But and health uh, is not
1: working. Health is not working in Whitehead's favor too. He no. needs to get healthy. That's a that's a rough start. Can, can, can I, he I rush the passer?
0: If so, Tennessee could use that.
2: I think I think moving Beckwith to uh, defense would be a fireball offense.
0: Hey, anybody who could help them pass, rush the passer, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that after anyone, two carries. Anyone Vanderbilt. who could rush the passer would help this Tennessee team quite a bit.
2: They they desperately
0: need that, and probably could have gotten more of that in this class. Although getting the JUCO guy um, on uh, late in the day really did help. Guys, anything else? We've gone overboard on time here. You got anything else you want to add?
1: No, I can't overstate the importance. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that there of the addition of Byron Young. Tennessee needed another edge rusher in this class. If they didn't get Young. It might have been a position where they just had to wait and address it in the transfer portal or kind of reach on somebody for depth. So that was after the loss of Kavon Bennett. I thought they needed somebody else. And, and that's a, it's, a, it's a Juco guy with three years and a red shirt left. So that's a, that's a nice Juco pickup there. And a guy with a really cool story. I, I haven't gotten to delve into it yet with a full story on Go 24-7 yet. But he's he, he tried out for his junior college team. He was not playing junior college football out of high school. He went to an open tryout, joined the team as a walk-on, He's like he's working at a Circle K and working his way through junior college and, and working at the gas know. station. All right, Twi- twenty. I think he's twenty two years old. You know, re- really interesting story, and, and so he's he's definitely earned this uh, this right to, to play in the wait, SEC. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait.
0: wait. Uh, so could you say strange things were afoot at the Circle K? <laughs>
1: you, you could, you could. I
2: mean, I, is that a reference, I, Wes? Pat. <sighs> <laughs> Do you,
0: if you don't know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I'm going to have to go
2: ahead and start the music. I just can't. I can't. I made it. West Mad, everyone. I, I can't do this. Mission accomplished. I can't
0: work with these this, people.
2: This podcast has been a rousing success.
1: <laughs> Roll that music. Time but, to go.
0: Thanks, guys. Have a good
1: one. You too.
0: No, pad didn't say bye, but that's okay. He didn't even know what Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was. Are you freaking kidding me? <sighs> I'm going to have to do the outro anyway. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to overcome it, just like Deshaun Rucker would do, and go out there and do my best, guys. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24/7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24/7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24/7 on Twitter, and Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can go get that at twittercom slash 24 247 You can also go to facebookcom slash 24 247 which is not all vols all the time, but uh, mostly vols and, and things that we think Tennessee fans would be interested in or if you want just that delicious fresh just usda certified organic fresh mountain spring water right from the tap of the smoky mountains go get that at govoss247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to talk tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting baseball where those guys picked up another huge commitment from a local kid at, at farragut Uh, on Wednesday. Those guys, Vitello and those guys are just doing a great job. You also got Lady Vols coverage there from Maria Cornelius who does a great job covering Lady Vols basketball, softball, everything. All of that plus two forums that are open 24-7 for discussion with us. You got the checkerboard there and you got the summit. Uh, So all kinds of stuff going on there. You know, in an average day, now more than two dozen stories are are popping out every single day and that's just from us on the staff. There are are so many reasons for you to go there. And you can get all that for the low, low Price of less than one mediocre lunch per month. Again, I say that all the time. I mean it. Less than one mediocre lunch a month gets you all that. And you can go get better deals throughout the holidays. You got a last-minute gift for a Tennessee fan in your life that you don't know what to get them. You haven't had time to go. You can't go to the mall because of the quarantine and everything. Go vault 247com Go do that. And if you already pay us full price, which is still cheap, you get access in perpetuity, for free, to CBS All Access, which is CBS, a streaming platform, which has a billion things on there that I've discussed all the time. I don't have to get into all of it now, but it's everything in the CBS catalog for free. Plus live sports, including SEC sports, Tennessee sports, March Madness, college basketball, all kinds of stuff. NFL, World Series of Poker, all sorts of stuff on there. And all of that for free, a $100 annual value for Free. I'm trying to get this outro done. I've got all these guys texting at me. Just go away, you you two. Just go away. I'm trying to be professional here. Guys, if you don't hear from us, uh, I don't think we're going to do a Thursday episode this week because we're doing this one late on a Wednesday night. You'll hear from us before the Tennessee-Texas A&M game on Saturday, and you'll definitely hear from us after that. Also got a Hoops podcast coming up this week. All kinds of stuff. So until then, wash your freaking hands, put on your freaking mask, be freaking nice to each other. And uh, we will see you uh, just a couple days. See you.